Welcome to the Economic Development Matters podcast, brought to you by Edmonton Global, hosted by me, Brianna Morris, and my colleague, Sherry Baslama. Sherry and I work together at Edmonton Global, an economic development agency that represents 14 municipalities that make up the Edmonton metropolitan region. Home to 1.4 million people and generating $105 billion in GDP, our region is Canada's fifth largest economy, and we're just getting started. At Edmonton Global, our purpose is to transform and grow the economy of the Edmonton region. And we do that by attracting foreign direct investment and quality jobs. We also support our local businesses to expand internationally. On this podcast, we talk about economic development matters and why it matters. We discuss how we can best compete in the global marketplace and build a sustainable and prosperous economy to enhance the quality of life for the people in our communities. Our guest today is Dr. Carrie Holland, and we're going to talk about agriculture. According to McKinsey and Company, food and agribusiness are a five trillion global industry, representing a massive economic, social, and environmental footprint. And if current trends continue, global population growth will mean that crop demand for both animal and human consumption will increase by 100%. Strategic economic development organizations are looking at agri-food as a target for investment. We're looking forward to talking to Carrie about where she sees potential to help boost this industry here in the Edmonton metropolitan region and Canada as a whole. Carrie holds a PhD in political science from the University of Alberta and is the proud daughter of third generation Canadian farmers. We're really excited to learn from her today. Hi, Carrie. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you today? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for joining us, Carrie. Why don't we start with uh, talking about your career? Um, so you come from a family of farmers, and, but you took a degree in political science. Walk us through that journey. So I had the great privilege of being raised on a family farm uh, in Saskatchewan, and it gave me a firsthand experience and I guess a deep appreciation for our agricultural industry in Canada um, and the contributions that it makes, um, not only at the local level, but also the provincial and, and the national scale as well. Um, I was kind of raised in a political family. We always discussed the politics of the day at uh, the supper table and so I've always been interested in politics for as long as I can remember. So when I decided to pursue a degree in political science, um, it was kind of a natural fit um, to really research something that I'm extremely passionate about, um, something that I definitely um, have made a career in championing. I don't think agriculture is, is given enough attention um, especially in political science. So it's, it's something that um, I've kind of found a niche with and um, yeah, I've just pursued it as a career and have, have been able to to really uh, you know build a lot of great relationships within the agricultural industry um, at the stakeholder level, but also in agribusiness. So I've I've been very fortunate. That's awesome. What is something you think we can do to elevate um, discussions around agriculture? Because I agree with you. I don't think it get, gets the attention it deserves in the public discourse. I think, um, you know, it's, it's tough. Agriculture seems to get more attention when there's a crisis situation. Um, and uh, over the last couple of years with the pandemic that we're all living through, one of the silver linings has been that there is more attention on the agricultural industry and, um, and with supply chain issues, which some of us have experienced in provinces, um, you know, the public is more engaged and wondering where their food is coming from and uh and how they're affected by those supply chain issues but 
I think, um, you know, it's, it's extremely important for all citizens to really understand um, not only their ability to access, um, you know, the food at the grocery store, but just the enormous economic impact that agriculture has. We often describe agriculture as kind of the backbone of our economy, and that is so true. Over the last couple of years, um, you know, while so many sectors have been weakened, um, you know, with, with the pandemic, we see the resiliency of the agricultural industry and uh, the economic benefits. So um, I think that's why a lot of our provincial governments across Canada are really focused on on trying to, um, you know, build that value added investment because they see the potential of it helping with economic recovery too. Yeah, Carrie, I think that's absolutely right. And Edmonton Global has definitely um, seen has that, uh, agriculture as one of our priority sectors, uh, especially in the value added agriculture. Um, I'm sure you know, I think it's pretty well known uh, generally that Canada's commodities are generally are exported in their raw state and processed in other countries and then often imported back to Canada as finished goods. So I'm just curious, what are your thoughts on that and the potential that uh, we have to maybe develop policies that help to shift that? So, yeah, as you said, the majority of our commodities um, are exported and then a lot of those finished goods are being, um, you know, imported back into Canada for consumer purchase. And it's a real shame. I mean, we're losing out on that huge economic value. So for years, um, the federal government and the provincial governments have been looking at the potential of increasing value added um, ag investment and trying to put that value um, into those products while they're still here and then meeting those uh, not only domestic demand for products, but also exporting um, higher valued goods across the world. Because with the, you know, the global trends of um, increased protein demand and, you know, just general global population trends, um, you know, there's kind of this untapped potential of Canada and we have, um, we have the technology here. We have the research institutions. We have such a diversity of commodities, high quality commodities that Canada is so known for. So if we can put some of that value into those products before they're leaving Canada, that's going to have a huge economic return. Carrie, for our listeners, can you um, share specifically what some of the value added opportunities are in some of our key commodities for just for our listeners that aren't as familiar? So um, you may hear, um, you know, on the news or, or politicians often talk about the value chain. So essentially, the value chain is anything that's adding value to raw commodities right from processing and manufacturing right up until like retail and restaurant sales, for instance. So there is a definite opportunity throughout the entire value chain in Canada. Um, we need to increase uh, processing and manufacturing, whether that's increasing our, you know, canola crush capacity or protein fractionation, um, you know, looking at, um, you know, the, the products right now, like hemp that have so much innovation and potential. Um, and then also looking at some of the innovative uh, businesses and entrepreneurs that are out there that are taking those processed goods 
and turning them into the most um, amazing products, uh, whether it's plant-based packaging, um, whether it's looking at um, taking, you know, uh, food that would otherwise be wasted or sent to a landfill and using it to feed insects and make insect protein for, um, you know, pet foods and, and uh, fertilizers. So there's a lot of really interesting um, companies throughout Canada that are doing innovative things. And then also, um, you know, a lot of companies that are, are looking at pharmaceuticals and cosmetics, there are such a range of innovative products, uh, right from processing uh, and manufacturing right up until the consumer level that, um, that have a lot of potential in Canada. Oh, that is a lot. That was a lot more than I was expecting. Uh, thank you. That's exciting. Can we talk um, about the, the plant protein one for a minute? Because that one I, I have heard about. And I've, I've heard that the um, non-meat alternatives have gotten a lot better over the years. Um, so what do you think about that industry? So just um, specifically in terms of plant-based protein for for meat alternatives, the global demand um, is set to reach, I think, 162 billion uh, of value by 2030. Um, and also our domestic demand for plant-based foods is growing. Um, one of the latest reports that came out of Dalhousie said that within the next couple of years, it's supposed to be a billion dollar industry within Canada alone. Um, but also in terms of the protein industry, um, whether it's our pulses or hemp, um, looking at some of those commodities, when they break them down between their, their protein and their fiber and their starch, there's so many more products beyond just what we kind of see in the media as these meat alternatives. But they're, like I mentioned earlier, there's cosmetics, pharmaceuticals, um, construction materials. There's a huge range of possibilities. Um, what the, you know, investing in our, our protein sector um, could result in for processing in this region. It's really interesting, Carrie. Is that part of uh, the circular economy? I hear that term thrown around quite a bit. Does that relate to what you're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're looking at a whole kind of value chain approach. Um, and I think that is key, is that a lot of these investors that are looking at Canada, um, you know, as a potential investment opportunity are looking to kind of be a part of an ecosystem. So they're looking at not only can we access the commodities locally, um, but also is there domestic market for it? Um, are we going to have a support system of other businesses? Um, you know, there's kind of a whole chain approach. And that's what I think governments really need to look at is kind of, all right, let's set up the best investment opportunity by looking at the ecosystem as a whole. So what are the, yeah, the big investment drivers then? So ecosystem um, and, and what else is available seems to matter, but is it like labor? Is it taxation? Like what are some of the big levers um, that governments can maybe try to pull? So when I've been talking to stakeholders, the number one thing that they say is we're going to go where the commodities are. Um, secondly, they will go where a government is willing to work with them and open up those opportunities, whether it's just government support and building investor confidence. Um, tax incentive uh, programming has been um, extremely beneficial in provinces like Saskatchewan and Manitoba. 
um, as well, they're looking at kind of this, you know, ecosystem that they're going to exist in, in, in terms of, you know, what utility costs are going to be, um, in terms of like protein fractionation, for instance, they use a lot of water in, in some of the processing and manufacturing. So they're going to look at what water costs are, power costs, and then as well, um, you know, they're looking at available labor. So within our region, some of the feedback that I've received from stakeholders is that there's always kind of been this um, elephant in the room, if you will, that the priority is oil and gas and whether they'll have the available labor, um, the skilled labor that they need if they move into this region and oil and gas should take a bit of a boom again, are they going to have those workers or are they, you know, going to, to go off and work in the oil fields again? So uh, it's definitely um, what I've seen kind of in the research that I've been doing recently is that uh, in terms of, of programming though, they're really looking at kind of tax incentives, um, land costs, available infrastructure. Um, those are definitely top priorities. Interesting. That oil and gas kind of labor dilemma is something I hadn't thought about. Um, you mentioned tax incentives in Manitoba and Saskatchewan have been working pretty well. Can you elaborate a little bit on, on what those are? So both Saskatchewan and Manitoba have seen um, multi-billion dollar investments um, over the last few years. And when stakeholders or investors have been interviewed about it, what their reasoning was, one of the main things that they cite are these tax incentive programs. Um, and what the benefit has been, not only for attracting foreign investment or um, you know new investment, but these incentive programs are also helping existing businesses in those regions scale up, which is a huge driver um, as well. So I think um, these tax incentive programmings, um, you know, if if Alberta were to adopt something similar, not saying it has to be identical, but something similar, I think it would help um, increase our investment in this province for sure. Um, right now, our province relies heavily on the fact that we have the lowest corporate tax rate in Canada. And while that definitely is an advantage for our province, it's just simply not enough. And we see investment opportunities going to Saskatchewan and Manitoba over our province. And, and it's also because of these programs. So that's really interesting, Carrie. I'd like to switch gears a little bit and maybe ask you about sustainability in agriculture and environmental impact. What do you see happening in Canada around that? And how do you think that plays into investment attraction or does it? Um, it is going to be a huge uh, factor going forward. I think, um, especially if we're looking at foreign investment. Um, a lot of these investors and uh, venture um, capitalists and that, they are looking at whether or not the jurisdiction that they're willing to invest in is employing um, sustainable uh, techniques in terms of, you know, not only just farming techniques, um, but also, um, you know, in terms of power and, um, and one example that comes to mind is Roquette um, that invested in Portage La Prairie, Manitoba. And they often cite the fact that Manitoba's sustainable hydroelectricity is one of the main factors of why they chose to invest there. And I think um, at the global level, 
the concern that there has been the growing concern, I should say, that there has been um, related to environmental sustainability. I think that is definitely a factor um, going forward for a lot of these investors. And it's definitely something that um, that we need to, to kind of factor in and, and employ some policies towards that goal. I Okay, this is great. I'd like to hear, I guess, some... Um, what are, what are the comp- competitive um, advantages we do have in the Edmonton region right now um, that we can that we should tell investors about, you know, sustainability practices or, or incentives or, or um, commodity access here? What, what makes us different? Um, first and foremost, I think the quality of our soil and our climate lends itself well to a diversity of commodities. We have highly skilled farmers in this area. Um, and we have some really amazing research institutions. We have the Leduc Food Center, um, which is just world-class. And, you know, we have these innovative business leaders. And I think when, when you also engage um, with stakeholders in the industry and you can bring all these, you know, partners together, um, it's an amazing story to tell. And I'm not too sure if we've done a very good job at telling that story. Um, some of, you know, the, the problem and the perception sometimes with agriculture is often, you know, are there sustainable practices, um, you know, at the farm level or processing, manufacturing, transportation, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, we need a better way of kind of telling our story and marketing a strategy, a regional approach to kind of showcase the amazing things that are going on in this region, um, and I think that, you know, with some of the stakeholders that I've talked to, that is, is kind of, you know, one of the main uh, things that I've gotten for feedback is that they're not even really aware of kind of the, the ecosystem that exists here, the, the potential, you know, value added, um, you know, companies that they could work with here. And I think it's trying to engage some of uh, those stakeholders and get that feedback and then to really just market what we have. We have a lot of advantages. Um, Unfortunately, as well, a lot of investment opportunities have to filter through the provincial government. So of course, the Edmonton region and Edmonton Global has been a, a champion for agriculture, but we also need provincial commitment in order to get those investors and to work with them to get some of those investment opportunities realized. That's great. I mean, I totally agree. I think we've got a great story to tell. Um, the challenge is, yeah, getting it out there to a global investor audience. Uh, beyond maybe you kind of referenced a bit of political will, um, is there anything else that's holding us back? Um, I think that it's not what Alberta's really lacking. Um, it's when we look at other jurisdictions and, and we see billions of dollars of investment going elsewhere, we have to think of how can we make ourselves more competitive? We have the resources here. We have skilled labor. We have amazing research institutions and innovators. But what can we do differently? What can we do you know, in a, a different way in order to get those investment opportunities here? and give us more of a competitive advantage. So I think what's so important is, is kind of looking at what other jurisdictions are doing and, and then kind of making a, a made in Alberta approach. But 
Um, definitely, I think some of our, um, our programs are not as competitive to other provinces. And, um, and we need to focus on, on kind of building that ecosystem and a whole of chain approach. I love that, Carrie. I love your approach. Um, I think we learned a lot from you today, and we really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us. Carrie, how can we get a hold of you? Um, probably the best way to get a hold of me is through my LinkedIn LinkedIn page, um, or my email address is hollandk at shaw.ca. Awesome. We'll make sure that's in our show notes for our listeners. Well, Sherry, I think that was uh, really interesting um, and something I that struck me as well when she talked about how the incentives in the other provinces helped local businesses scale up as well. Um, and I think back to our conversation with Chris Steele on incentives, where you know you want to make sure your incentives aren't just picking winners and losers and you know giving money to one company to come in that that might even be a competitor to a local um, business. And so, if the incentive is broad, that it brings in new investment and also helps local businesses. I think that's really intriguing. And I definitely think that's something um, I want to look more into. Yeah, I think that's super important. We've got a ton of great companies here already doing really cool and innovative stuff in the areas that Carrie talked about in plant protein and hemp and canola crushing. So supporting those local success stories, I think is super important. The thing that really struck me was when she was talking about getting our story out there. And I think that's so true. We have an amazing story to tell. As I said, there's tons of great companies already here doing amazing and innovative things. Um, it, we just need to get that story out there to the world. Um, and part of that, I think, is, you know, that regional approach where we're harmonizing around the same, you know, narrative that we're going out into the world with. As long as we're all singing from the same song sheet, I think it's only going to make our story louder and hopefully loud enough for the global audience to hear. Absolutely. And I think even just sharing, um, you know, episodes like this can help um, just fellow Edmontonians and people in the greater Edmonton region and Albertans to be proud of our industry um, and um, yeah, just be proud of it and then elevate it in that way. And I think all of that can kind of encourage governments too to really champion agriculture on the world stage and, and recognize um, just its importance. Yeah, I think, that, I think that's absolutely right. The one thing I will say is I'd love to have Carrie back to talk more about that uh, insect protein <laughs> <laughs> yes and plant-based packaging like anyways very interesting and um yeah i look forward to hearing more about all the different parts of it it's not just corn and wheat it's so much bigger so very cool that's a wrap for today thank you for tuning in to the economic development matters podcast brought to you by edmonton global for more information about edmonton global or to get in touch visit our website at edmontonglobal.ca Follow us on social media, on Twitter, LinkedIn, or Facebook. And don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcast platform so you'll be among the first to know when a new episode drops. We hope you learned something new today about economic development matters and why it matters. Until next time, we're your hosts, Sherry and Brianna, signing off. <laughs>